And we back, sitting and talking. Wish I was walking, but can't find a quiet enough space. Right now I'm basically in a bush cooped up up against this big concrete wall above one of the local coffee shops that I frequent, just trying to find a quiet, uninterrupted space to record the epi, to let her book, to find the juices, to let her flow. And today what's flowing for me is grades. I just wrapped up a week of parent-teacher conferences, and I'm a little fed up with grades and want to riff on them. So hope you all enjoy. Yo, it's Lucas, and this is Modern Haunted. Before we can even talk about grades, we need to position grades in the bigger picture. Why do we have grades? What are they for? And how do they fall into this thing that we call school or education or learning? And in order to position them, we got to ask the classic question that I think is not being asked enough in schools these days. And it's, what is school for? What is the intention of school? Why are we here? Why are we in this building? What are we doing here? What is it for and what should it be for? If you ask most people, admin, teachers, students, myself even, most people would tell you school's for learning. Okay, bear with me for a moment and let's put aside for a second the fact that schools were created to build obedient workers in the industrial boom. And let's set aside that school's primary function, at least for some people, is daycare. And for a moment, let's get rid of the notion that school is for creating the capitalist's ideal of the perfect worker to find good employment for its people. So if school is not all of those things, then yeah, school is for learning. And I choose to define learning as growth, growth for each individual student, which looks different for each individual student. Some students' growth is meeting the content objectives and being able to understand that Earth's structure is made up of a core and a mantle and a crust and to do well academically. Some people, growth is being able to play well with others. For others, maybe it means finding compassion when you're feeling angry. Or maybe it's just finding empathy for someone who doesn't look like you. Whatever growth is for that student, that's how I define learning. So how can we maximize growth? How can we maximize learning for each student in the classroom? Well, us teachers have hopefully a little bit more experience than the students. We've lived a little bit more years in life and we've failed a little bit more and have some sort of wisdom as to how we can help these students be successful in life, whatever success is defined as. We can help them grow. And a huge part of expediting learning and expediting growth is providing feedback to that learner. 
we've traveled the path and found out, okay, this path works really well. This path, it's a little rocky. It's a little bumpy. And we can nudge them and give them nuanced conversational feedback towards their learning objectives. And it helps. And we see this in spiritual practices and religious practices. We see it in sports. Right? We got coaches, we've got gurus, we got teachers, professors, we have ministers. I don't even know if that's what ministers do, but they provide feedback in the journey. And that's what us teachers hopefully are doing. Growth and learning are squishy and gray and look different for each kid. Duh, because us humans are gray and squishy. We are not these concrete, discrete, digit robot things. We're humans. Which means each person's growth is going to be squishy and human. Which means the feedback needs to be squishy and nuanced and human. So how did we turn feedback into grades? Because ultimately, isn't that what grades are? Feedback in the learning process? Some mark letting the parent and the student know, hey, this is how you're doing towards the content objective, towards the learning objectives in class. And I'm not here to shit on grades. I think grades are good. I just think it's time we get in right relationship with them. So how did grades turn from squishy, nuanced, narrative style, eye to eye feedback into this concrete 93% A plus, B minus, F gold star and for you timmy two gold stars because you're awesome (laughs) well feedback turned into this concrete grade for a couple of reasons i think that i'd like to tease apart i think that feedback towards the learning process turned into this concrete grade 91 percent for two reasons number one we as a country decided to mass educate our individuals that's a good thing we want our population to be educated but with that comes the fact that i see 110 students in a day it comes with educating in mass how do we facilitate the growth of every single individual in this country There's a lot that goes into that, so I'm not meaning to toss shade, but I do think it can be better. In trying to educate everyone, we got to take some shortcuts, and that means we don't have time to sit down with every student and look them in the eye and give them the empathy and narrative that they need to help facilitate their growth the best. So we boil it down to a percentage and tell them the percentage. We send it home on the report card. The parents see it, and it does a pretty good job of getting the message across. But as we'll dive into later, I think some things are lost with it. Okay, why else did we boil feedback in the learning process down to a single number, i.e. grades? Well, also because the funding structure of how public education is funded. How does the government know how successful or the types of things that schools are doing in their building? Well, instead of each government official spending time going into each building and figuring this out and talking to each district, instead, each school can upload their state testing scores into an Excel spreadsheet, and the legislator can look at this spreadsheet and get a decent... uh, No, I can't even say decent a small sliver of what's going on in that building. And then they issue their funding depending on that and other things. 
Again, I'm not here to shit on grades, but we gotta get in right relationship with them. We need to restore our balance. Somewhere along the way, the grade has stopped being this piece of information and data as to how the student is doing towards the growth objective, and now has turned into the thing. The thing that matters. And I felt that at my parent-teacher conferences. I was doing everything I could to talk about my students' growth, how well they're doing at empathizing with others in their social skills, and how well they're working as a teammate when we collaborate in class and their creativity and how curious they are. And the parents are looking half dead. And then all of a sudden, the word grade gets tossed around and they perk up like a dog hearing the kibbles and bits drop into its bowl. We've been conditioned to hyper-focus on the metric. C minus. The figure and the ground have been swapped. The script has been flipped. Grades aren't just feedback anymore. We use grades to build our identity. I used grades to build my identity. I identified as a good student. I'm a 3.9 student. Sigma cum laude. I'm smart. Even worse... I'm dumb. I'm a failure. Starting in first grade, kids start to develop their academic identity surrounding grades. Some people are neurodiverse and take longer to learn how to read. That doesn't mean they're dumb. But all of a sudden, they develop this self-narrative that, ah, I'm just not good at school. I'm not smart. I can't be successful. And the teachers aren't intending to do this. They're trying to say, hey, you're an awesome person, but you got some work to do towards reading this book. Somewhere, the narrative gets lost and we hyper-focus on the number, the letter. It's kind of like money. Money is this awesome tool we have to facilitate the exchange of goods and commodities and services. It makes life easier. But again, the script has been flipped, the figure and the ground are swapped, and money is more than that now. Money is status. Money is sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Money is the metric of success in our society. How much money you got, buddy? So much so that people who are struggling are hiding the fact that they don't have money by paying ridiculous mortgage and rental fees on driving their nice new Audi when they're scraping by to pay the bills to upkeep the American ideal image. All right, getting lost, El Matt. Back to grades. I get it, though. I get why we are hyper-focused on grades. I was hyper-focused on grades. My GPA. Oh, what grade do you have in language arts? Like, that's the conversation. And I think it boils down to the incentive structure that we have here in America. I think it starts with the most broad American capitalist ideal. What is the metric of success in our country? Well, how much money you make. And how do you make money? Well, you got to get a good job. And how do you get the good job? You got to go to the most prestigious college. And how do you get into the most prestigious college? Well, you got to do well on the ACT, SAT, have a high GPA, and all the crazy other things kids are doing in high school these days. Note I said prestigious college and not necessarily best college. Potential future rant there. 
So this focus on the SAT, ACT, GPA then trickles into high school. Well, if you want to get the best job, you got to do well on these tests and have the highest GPA. And that then trickles down into middle school. Well, if you're going to be successful in high school to get a good job, we need to start focusing on grades right now, little Timmy. It matters. You are 12, and this number that some teacher who's stressed out about what's going on with their family at home, this number matters to getting lost again literally all the way back to first grade we start focusing on grades and we lose sight of the actual growth that could should be happening with these individuals learning is not this top-down fear-based do-it-for-the-grade style of activity learning is intrinsic from within and it's fun True learning is stumbling upon an obstacle and authentically deciding for yourself in your life that it is worth it to put the effort in to overcome that obstacle because it makes things better for you, not for the gold star, Timmy. So shut the hell up and stop asking me about if this is going to be on the test. And yeah, it's not going to be graded. No one learned how to ride a bike because it was scored. No one learned how to play baseball because we gave them points for it. No one learned how to become an awesome painter because it was on the test. No, we learn because it helps us out in our life and it feels good. We are neurochemically rewarded for it. It is possible to learn because things are on the test. It is possible to learn while being fear-based, pushed into doing something like a lot of what we have going on in school. But those are short-term solutions. Those are band-aids slapped on a bigger issue. And that's a recipe for hating learning. And that's actually the narrative that most kids have right now. I just hate learning. I just don't like school. I had it too. But that's not actually true. Kids hate education. Kids hate school. They don't hate learning. Learning is different. Like I said, naturally rewarding. Education is the sit down in your desk, keep your hands to yourself, don't say a word, pull your pencil out and start scribbling and regurgitate everything you know onto this piece of paper so I can give you a number for it. That's education. Different from learning. No, school is not that traditional. I'm being a little alarmist. I'm being a little over the top right now. But to some extent, that is still happening. Per usual, we have a friend crashing on our floor right now. And this friend is wanting to become a trainer. And he's just hyped on it. He's hyped on helping people get strong. He's hyped on helping people grow. And I've been watching him study. He's has this huge, fat, dry-ass textbook. And he's literally every day going on his own accord and chunking his way through this insanely boring, in my opinion, material. But he's so hyped on it. It's because he wants to be a trainer and he sees that it's going to help his life if he understands this material. That is true learning. He's not doing it extrinsically. He's doing it because he wants to from within. And we have missed the mark on that in school. Our students are not enrolled. They are not bought in on the learning journey like my friend is. So instead, us teachers are left to compensate, take shortcuts, and slap band-aids on things. 
like we do with grades. So if we want it to be better, what can we do? I think the first obvious thing is that it could start with teachers. Us teachers could really acknowledge that grades are this top-down fear-based source of motivation and are a good form of feedback, but it's not everything. But that's a big ask for teachers. I see all that we have to do and all the balls we're juggling right now. And then on top of that, to ask a teacher to take on some of these faults of the bigger system and say, oh, can you stop using that form of motivation and actually move away from grades in your class? That's a big ask, let alone if their administration would even let them. What else can we do? Well, we can start with the incentive structure we have in this country. At the very top, we can start by changing the narrative we have surrounding success. Is success how much green paper you acquire, how rich you are? Or is success something different? And one step beneath the cultural narrative we have surrounding success starts with employers in our country, corporations, businesses, small businesses, big businesses, Who are you hiring? Are you hiring people based on a piece of paper that they acquired from four years of partying? Or are you going to look at their actual skills? Are they a good teammate? Do they work well with others? Are they nice to be around? How do you feel when you're in a room with them? Can they solve a problem? Are they curious? What are employees hiring for? Because if employees start to hire for the right things, the prestigious and less prestigious colleges might alter their curriculum to help their students be successful, which means they'll stop requiring ACT, SAT, which actually is happening. Harvard, some of the other Ivy League schools, the University of California school system has stopped mandating the SAT, ACT, and looking at GPA. It's a cool step in the right direction, which in turn allows the high school teachers to not focus so much on these standardized tests, SAT, ACT, etc., which in turn allows the middle school teachers to stop focusing on it. You get it. Okay, coupled with incentive structures, we could also change at a big policy level the way that schools are federally funded. I wish I knew more about public policy, but I can't help here, and that seems like something that's out of my strike zone. Not even going to go there. What is school for? What is important? Both what is important now and what will be important when these students acquire the job force in the world in 6, 7, 20 50 years. What matters? Again, I don't have answers for that. I'm not out here to change or save the world, but we can talk about it. Drip by drip, the bucket can fill. Some schools are already doing it. I student taught at a project-based learning school that held up the middle finger to grades. They saw the holes and the flaws in the incentive structure, and they said, meh. We're going to do it differently. If you've got a teacher friend, administrator friend, or just know someone who cares about our public education, I'd invite you to pass along the word or just talk about it. If nothing else, it sparks a good conversation, helps us connect, 
but it's fun. Anyways, here's to school. Here's to getting in right relationship with grades. Here's to true learning. And here's to living in alignment with the modern hominids that we are.